we went to Sheridan jump, like the cliff jumping spot, and I jumped off and didn't realize that everyone was watching above. And I tried to shit in the lake because I didn't think it was float. And so I just fucking spew diarrhea into the lake, and it all floats up next to me. And there's fucking 200 people on the ledge going, um, we're going to fucking kill him when he gets out of the water. And so I'm, like, trying to swim away from this fucking toxic puddle I've created. And so fucking Jono out of everybody stands up and he's like, anyone that's going to fuck with him is going to fuck with all of us. So we cleared out the entire spot for the day because I shit in the river and Jono had my back. So um, what are your favorite moped sounds? I don't know, like touch your fly, was it moving? Like, no, nah, feel pretty locked up. Sounds like a fuck, dude. So, AJ from Black Black, what's up, bro? What's up, Jason? We're going to re-record this bitch. Um, I don't know. I think it was like a story about like, because I, cause I, I listened to it like a couple of times. I'm trying to like remember like how it started. I just know it was like Buffalo Boys, Sioux Falls. Yeah, we were living in Sioux Falls and we started the Buffalo Boys out of a dead chapter, Janice, which was the fourth ever club in the Moped Army. And I had lost my license and was walking to school and saw like a bunch of those dudes ride down the street and was like, what the fuck is that bike? And that made me get one. And then me, Derek Lawman, Jenny Ray started, and Brandon Eliason all started the Buffalo Boys. We did like, we got in the same year the Late Birds did, I want to say 2007. Okay, yeah, that's pretty old. Yeah, and then, so I had moved um, to Minneapolis after living in Cincinnati and getting pretty much kicked out of there, which is a whole other good story. <laughs> TBS kicked me out, um, but wound up back in Minneapolis, and we were still going to host a rally in the Black Hills called Meet Us Halfway in Keystone, South Dakota, which is at the base of the Needles Ride, like going up through the tunnel where you get to format the picture of Mount Rushmore. And we had a whole campsite reserved and everything was ready to go. And the week before, we're getting our bikes ready in Minneapolis and Sioux Falls is ready to go. Nate Creer, who's now Black Black, and Zach Bandit from Louisville all came out and Jono and Derek, Black Black, drove up from Denver, but we had this random kid show up to the garage on Monday with a pizza and beer, and he's like, I heard you guys work on bikes. I just kind of want to look and figure out what you're doing, see if mm-hmm. I can learn anything from you. And we were hella down to let him bring pizza and beer over, and we'd show him whatever. Yeah. So I offer, like, the second day I knew the kid, I was like, yo, you want to go to the rally? And, of course, he's like, yeah, I got nothing going on. But it's an off chance that anyone would ever see. It's like one of those things you ask somebody, you don't expect a yes answer. Yeah, it's, like, kind of last minute. Like, yo, you want to go to this thing, like, tomorrow? Yeah, and you're, like, it's just, like, a, a you know, because he, he heard us talking about it, so I, like, extended the olive branch, and I was, like, yo, you want to go? And he answered yes, so then he became, like, he's, like, well, he's with you. And I was, like, all right, I'll share my tent, and we'll get him a loner. So we drive from Minneapolis out to the Black Hills, and he didn't have any money. 
So he dumpster dived all this food and had a cooler full of food from Alto, this weird like dumpster secondary food store anyways. Oh yeah. And so he he had like a ton of bad strawberries. So we get there the first night and we're all at the base of Keystone and we're partying and the campground supervisor comes by and he's like, yo, just be careful partying with my son. Don't let him get too crazy. And sure enough, later he shows up and he starts getting super rowdy and this will come back into the story. And John was playing banjo and singing cover songs and we find out there's karaoke like a mile away. So we're like, we're going to ride down to the bar. But Ian, the kid I took with from Minneapolis, Ian Wheat, didn't want to go. He's like, I'm not feeling too hot. I'm going to go crash out. So, so we all ride... We all ride to the bar, me, Nate, Derek, Jono, all black, black now, um, Derek Lawman, um, Nate Creer. I don't know if I said his name already. Uh, Derek's but KFC, Zach right? Ben, yeah. Or, yeah, he was, but he was sewer. He's from Sioux Falls, so he was an original Buffalo boy. Okay. So he started, he started the, yeah, KFC, Kentucky Funeral Corps, which is rad to see them actually get an active branch in that city. Because the bandit scene just slapped pretty hard there for a minute. Yeah, not talking shit. <laughs> um, but we get to the bar and there's like two ladies on the dance floor and they're making out with Brandon Eliason and Nate Creer, but they're making out with each other too. And so they're bu- they're buying them shots and we're singing karaoke, and they're like, "We want to party with you." And we're like, "Okay, yeah, we got nothing else going on. We're at an empty bar with two women and like three old dudes and unlimited karaoke." Mm-hmm. And it turned out like the deputy sheriff's wife was one of the girls. No, so God. he came, he he came into the bar off duty with a taser and starts lighting the taser up. And the whole time I'm at the bar, they keep telling me that Ian is like puking and peeing in my tent. And I'm like, there's no way like anybody is puking or peeing in my tent. Like, I thought they were just messing with me because he was the kid I brought along. They're like, yeah, dude, like, we saw him. He's just taking a piss in your tent. I was like, ha-ha, you know, didn't Good think one. that could be an actual. Yeah, so <laughs> I go out, like, we go, like, Jono, like, well, Nate, at this point, career, I should state that him and Brandon Eliasson are absolutely sideways. And, like, because these ladies have been buying him shots all night. And so... John, I was like, we're going to go outside, put our helmets on, and bring chains back in. So every, everyone goes back into the bar to fight the off-duty cop with chains and helmets on. Not a lie. And then Nate Creer's like, I got to get out of here. And I was like, take a left, and then it's your first right. And all he heard was right. So he vanished, and we didn't know where he ended up. So we're like, okay, Nate went the wrong direction. Maybe he'll figure this out. At the same time... Zach Bandit, his sprocket flew off the front of his Gorelli and it's not running. Mm. And my sprocket bolt came off like an hour later on the ride, like not like 15 minutes later on the ride home. So I had his moped on my moped and he dubs with someone else. So I'm trying to ride a moped on my lap through the Black Hills. I break down on the side of the road and the deputy sheriff wife shows up with a big Chevy and she's like, put him in my truck. I'll get you guys safe to safety. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, this has got to be a trap, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, I'm the one that's going to get the shit kicked out of me. But she actually season. brought us. Yeah. She brought us back to the campsite with this like other girl who was like 23, but said she had to like sneak out. We called, we nicknamed her iron lung. Cause she literally was like, I can't talk. Like she was like, <laughs> it was it, it was gnarly. 
so we get back, we get back to the campsite and sure. Like Jono shows back up, everything panned out at the bar, a uh, little bit of a tussle, but it got sorted out and broke up. But Ian had been pissing and puking in my tent the entire time because of like rancid strawberries. And there were, there was about like six inches of fluid, like piss and puke in the tent. And he had puked in my actual bag and he was using my last hoodie as like clean hoodie as a pillow. So I, I being a loose cannon just went off and started screaming at him. And he was like, I didn't do it, man. It wasn't me. And I was like, well, obviously nobody else was in the tent. And so he just ran off into the woods. So we wound up on a search party for both Nate and fucking Ian. And it turns out that we called the forest service lady and she's like, we're going to drive around and try to find your friend. It's not safe out here. You know, we have, you know, way too friendly black bears. He doesn't have any clothing on. Even in August, it's a little cold. So we're driving around with this lady, and on the radio, she's like, her husband is like another cop. No, that's and crazy. over the radio, they're like, you guys ride those funny bikes, right? And we're like, yeah. They're like, well, yeah, apparently one of them is inside the Motel 6, like in, crashed in the lobby, and they can't figure out how to turn it off. <laughs> and Nate, Nate Creer had crashed through the lobby door of a Motel 6, drove it into the actual hotel, turned it over sideways. They couldn't figure out how to turn it off, and he passed out. And when the cops got there and woke him up, he held up $200 and was demanding their finest room. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's fucking, it's unbelievable. And then, they, so then they get the moped turned off. Nate's arrested. Bike and him go to jail. And, like, he, like, not to fast forward the story, but, like, he goes to court and he, he said he didn't drive it. He wasn't riding the moped. It's called a push because he pushed it into the hotel. <laughs> like he's trying to he's trying to claim that he pushed it in and like they didn't have footage of him actually riding it so he escaped that one but like zach bandit had to stay an extra day and we all pooled money the next morning to get our to get money together for him and we get him out of jail and that's where the jail bait nate thing came from and that's why i think it's still his name on instagram and he was like i'm never drinking again and by two o'clock the next day he was so shit-faced that he fell over and took all the skin off his face yeah. And just had a scab. It was, dude. It, the rally was actually for like forty people showing up. Like it was amazing. And then lit. Ian wound up. Ian wound up in some dude's like small cabin, and he like broke into the porch and slept underneath the tarp. And the dude woke him up with a shotgun in his face, telling him to get the fuck out of there at like five in the morning. So he found his way back to camp, borrowed a car, borrowed Jenny Ray's car, took the tent. Cause I had to sleep in someone else's tent, took all my clothes in the tent to the laundromat, like bleached the tent, did all of my laundry, brought it back, set the tent back up, had all my clothes folded, my sleeping bag out and my pillow out. And he had bought me a box of junior mints and left it on the pillow with an, I'm sorry note. <laughs> so then that just like forced the, fr like, I was like, well now you can't hate it. Like that was best friendship like yeah. week one. Yeah. And we've been, uh, he's still one of my best friends. And then his brother's actually one of the starters of 303 Boards, a skate shop in Denver. So moving out here and being connected with Ian to Aaron was pretty heavy. Okay. But yeah, the rally was definitely fucking pretty nuts. Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> Dude, what's... All the push because you, cause you <laughs> push it. 
And it's just like everyone like chips in too to like help out. Like, yeah, like Homeboy got arrested. Like, we got to do something. And like everyone threw in money. Oh, like hold this. on, hold on. So I, I mentioned at the beginning of the story that the 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 campground supervisor was like, "Don't get drunk with my son." Oh, well, yeah. he came by. The, he came by the next day and was like, "Did you give my son whiskey?" And we're like, "Well, like, we had a picnic table with just booze on it." And we're like, "Well, there's whiskey on the table, so we didn't. We weren't like serving him drinks. It was an open bar situation." And he wound up going to his ex-wife's trailer and, like, kicking in the door, getting arrested for domestic violence, and wound up in the same cell as Nate, <laughs> which is fucking unbelievable that that can – so, like, we get Nate out, and Nate's like, oh, yeah, your son in, was in jail with me. And the campground director's like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, it was pretty good. Uh, that's funny. That's crazy. But that's – yeah. Dude, how the Puff- how the Buffalo Boys like? How long was that a club? Um, I can't say my probably actual opinion on here. Uh, we we basically had to pull the plug based on certain people getting the reins. When Derek and I both moved, we knew that like we couldn't be scouts, so the captainship got turned over, and we definitely had to put an end. Like, just it just kind of got out of hand. Like, it wasn't handled very well. And the actual members, you know, weren't close knit. Okay. Without being rude, but two thousand seven, two thousand seven to two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, because I got into Black Black. I moved to Denver in two thousand eleven, and I got in in two thousand twelve. Okay. Oh, dude, I was listening to um to the other Moped podcast, Brapcast, and and uh, who they were doing um they're doing the they're doing the casserolers and like one of those dudes was talking about like how you used to like troll them on their like Facebook group or something. No, man, I came up with the name. Like it's so fucked. Like I rode with them every week at Pizza Luce with Maze, who was black, black, like literally met up. They, they, the meetup spot, my apartment was next door and I would ride with like Jimbo and Tyler and, like maze and everybody in that crew and they, i was joking around like casserolers dude and they t- they ran with it and i still have not gotten credit and if, if anyone wants to cite me on this we can have a casserole cook-off <laughs> fucking settle this. So we can i will put a bound i'll put a hundred dollars on it that if you beat me i'll pay you and it can be a blind taste test and we can get five fucking other club members to take i'm serious right now boom boom shots fired Look, let's go <laughs> Casserole cook-off. Dude. Dude, but now I can't, that's my name, and if anyone tries, like, go for it. Oh, dude, that's fucking great. Like, I knew Ben and all those dudes way before that. Maze made fun of me the first time he saw a moped. Like, he was like, you're a fucking dork. <laughs> I was, like, in his, co- like, the, his parents owned, like, a large organic farm in Minnesota, and I was, like, over there picking up mopeds. He's like, you're where? I'm over here. So we rolled through this, like, small college town, like, southeast of Minneapolis, and he was, like, talking shit on him. And then a year later, he's doing 70 miles an hour on a 65 Polini. <laughs> Building super clean maxis every day. Yeah, that, like, a little white maxi end with the top two, all powder-coated with the Polini seat and the EBRs. Yeah, that's a clean bike. <laughs>
like bikes for children because when you sit on it, you like it makes me look big. So I don't know. You probably couldn't even. You probably couldn't ride it. Yeah, I'm a big dude. Like I'm like one. I'm not into like single speed bikes because because like I'm bigger. So it's just like takes takes too long to really get at get the fun out of it. You know, I live in a city, so it's like I don't know. And then it's hunched over with like clip ones and stuff. I'm like, oh, my back hurts. And then a rigid. I'm like, oh, and then my back really hurts. I couldn't do it. No, yeah, definitely. But no, if, yeah, put that out there. <laughs> Casserole challenge. I'll any of them. Dude, that'd be sick. I want to see it. Tell tell the tell the boys to bring their Pyrex. <laughs> what's your, what's your recipe though? Like what like what do you like to? Oh, you can't! I can't tell you that. I can't sell. I can't sell myself out. It's been handed down and modified over three generations. <laughs> Super legit. It's a real thing. God, dude. That's because funny. we were we were we were joking about like Arizona used to have a gang called the Pedophiles, and they could they wouldn't. The Mopin Army is like you have to change your name, and they're like why? And they're like because you can't be called the Pedophiles, so they changed it to Tom Cruisers, and then there was a Richard Gears. And, you know, like it, all these spinoffs. And I was like, dude, Casserolers is up right up that alley. And I would have never like chosen that for them. But the fact that they stole and ran with it and I didn't get credit and I got one tater tot sticker, I'm pretty, pretty butthurt. I got a stack of tater tot stickers if you want some, man. Only if you can send them directly to Tyler and have him personally sign them and then they come back to me. <laughs> Just like they need to print a T-shirt just for you that says like, like casserolers and like your name under it, like coined the term. Oh hell yeah, I'm in. Like there it is, guys. Like reparations. Dude, they're they're burning the cheese on the top, dude. I've seen them blow it so many times. Oh, <laughs> uh, I saw. I thought they were like giving casseroles to like uh, groups. I think they sent one to the rebels one time, like here in Richmond. Like mailed them a casserole. I heard they were sh- they were showing up with multiple casseroles at every rally. Like here you go, boys. <laughs> You're like, yo, I got- you got to put this in the oven at three fifty for forty five minutes, and then take the lid off for fifteen. Dog, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> as far as a gang that chose the right food to eat, hot and ready, dude. That's so easy. Yeah, that's true. I remember the first Chicago rally I went to with uh, not the first one. It was uh, the first. Hot and Ready's rally I went to, and like that first day they just show up with the like prospects show up with like a stack of like thirty Hot and Ready's. I'm like, yo, this is legit. Just like, well, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's not like fucking Kalamazoo Barbecue Thirteen. They tried to take us out for a proper lunch, and you're <laughs> like, yo, we're, we've been here for an hour and a half, and there's like three hundred of us. Like, I don't. Did you think the logistics through? Like, no one's ate yet. Like, the ride's supposed to leave like an hour ago. Everyone's just waiting to sit down with Chad Burke at his table. Like, <laughs> like Chad, no, powder coat my bike for me. No, this is way, this is like 2007, like the big one. That was when 77 was just in Kalamazoo before Warbucks in Chicago. Hmm. That's like pre my then they opened they, yeah, they opened another shop in Chicago with Pat and fucking John Blank. Nigel worked there, 
and that's where most of the Chicago rallies were for like Brobecue. And then when they went out and then 77 moved to California as Treatland moved out of the bedroom into a warehouse, if I'm getting this all correct. But Damn. yeah, yeah my, I definitely. Doesn't Derek have like a super that, low like treat number? Uh, Derek is like the first customer ever. I think he's like literally number one or number like three or some shit. Yeah, it's super low. That's, that's what I remember hearing. That's, that's crazy. I remember like I had a Gorelli, um, Rally Sport and Super Sport, and so did Derek Wallman of, of Kentucky Funeral Corps. And they had, it was, Treats was just on eBay. It wasn't on anything else. And they got the, the Melosi Gorelli NOI Reed Kit, the Metra 65. Or no, the Melosi 65. Whoa. And then, uh, but a metric kit for a grill, it'd be tight. Mm-hmm. But the Melosi uh, reed kit, and it was like a two-pedal reed kit for the NOI, and we bought we bought them, but we traded like as if we bought them for each other for Christmas. <laughs> and they only had, that was like when Benji had a photo laying in like 40 Simonese. Like, that was, I think, Christmas 2008. Like, that's it. It's and like- then we... we back when everything was affordable. Dude, when my pets were cheap, find them for like fifty bucks. Yeah. Dude, I haven't found a cheap one but, in a while. I mean, my last cheap, my last cheap bike some, was like a hundred bucks or something, but it was like a long time ago. It's been a while. Dude, I, like even in like '09, I got like two Magnum, like red Magnums for I think it was like a hundred and fifty bucks, and one had a bunk back wheel. That's crazy. That's a good deal. I got a, I got the, I got an RD, I got a Derby RD for fifty bucks. From no, where? sixty bucks. How'd you get that? Like they called me and they were like, um, they called me and they were like, yo, there's like a dirt bike moped, but it like it's fallen over in this junkyard and a tree grew through it, and I was like, what? <laughs> and it's up at Sport Wheels in Minneapolis, and it's like this. Like Maze is like basically the basically casserolers in my time basically emptied out any moped on the property. It's still a gold mine for some stuff, but it's like if you look it up, Sport Wheels on 169 South Minneapolis, like it's nuts. And the lady, I like we had to bring a hacksaw because you can't bring power tools, and I didn't have a proper saw at the time, so we cut down this like three inch tree that grew through the frame, and it was a pyramid reed. And I roll it up to the front, and it's, like, in pretty legit condition. Actually, Jonah wound up with it. And roll it up to the front, and she's, like, $200. And I was, like, 200 Like, this has been tipped over sitting forever. Like, you know, thank God for the 21 and that 18 aluminum rim set that it comes with. Or else the, real, the wheels would have been, like, the tires were rotted off of it. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, if you take the carb off, 60 bucks. <laughs> And I, I was like, this is a Del Orto 1412. Like, there's no way. Yeah, absolutely. I will take the carb off. Like, I'm not going to sweat a, I'm not going to sweat a 1412 yeah, for carb- a difference of $140. It's carbs, nothing. You find them all day long. But I wound up like never building the bike. I actually took it all the way to when I lived with the, I lived with Jake and Brian. I lived in the Mockby, which is like bomb prom history. I lived with them until I got kicked out. 
and then like I had the bike there and then it wound up back with me in Minneapolis and then I parted it out because of hard times and then I wound up finishing that Gorelli Derby SSLX in Denver. Damn. I forget like how long you've been in it. You've been in mopeds for so long because like hearing like your like history from all these different places because you've moved around a bunch. I'm just like, yo, you were like around for a lot of different stuff. Yeah, but then I got. I I will. I will tell you to be. I'm like completely stale. I I got completely stale for a second, but now I'm. I'll be ready. Come March, I got something in the works. Back in the game. Yeah, like getting kid. Like I thought I was super. Like I lived in the whole Moppy which is like McMillan and McMicken, Cincinnati, like a hub. And I thought like, I thought I was like, yeah, I'm going to, like I was already making logos with the Buffalo inside the bomb. So like the TDS logo, which is just a Microsoft, what do you call it? Wingding. It's like Wingding to capital W or something hmm. is the actual bomb, is actual TDS's logo. Like it's just a Wingding, which is funny. <laughs> if you know what that is, if you have Microsoft Word still. Um, but I was putting the Buffalo logo in there and like, everyone's like, ah, dog, I don't think so. <laughs> and I definitely, I pissed a bunch of people off and probably I subbed with the wrong members, ex-girlfriend. And then I wound up, we had a, they had a SSLX fairing over a PVC pipe, like 50 feet back in the shop. And you could, sh- you, they always, they would shoot it with BB guns all day. And, like, you get turned enough, and you can't aim at the giant fairing. So I accidentally hit the PVC pipe, and it wound up – and it was called the ice cream shop. It wound up being the wa- it wound up being the water for the whole building. So, like, we couldn't turn the water valve off because it was between the two stop valves. Like, if that makes sense. Like, there was no – it was – the main came in, and it went out. And it teed. Okay. Yeah. So, where, so, we – like, the main came in, and then where it teed, we could only turn it off. We could, we could we could shut it off from going to the building. So tenants are coming down, and they're like, three in the morning, I'm trying to take a shower to get ready for work. What the fuck? And there literally is like two feet of water. I, I flooded like 100 people's bikes. Damn. Like I should have been I should have been kicked out of MA right there. <laughs> like like I had how, – how more people haven't hit me up and been like, yo. Because like there was some like – there was – it was like a band's practice space full shop like seven bays a couch living room area and then like a hundred bucks and i put i like shit was like literally two feet of water bikes were floating around i mean that was bound to happen eventually dude just it just had to be you though (laughs) yeah of course it's me and so i wound up like i wound up having to go to a meeting and they were like super ganged up like seven of them and they're like listen dude like you can still live with Jake, but you have to find a place to live soon. You need to get all of your stuff out. You can put it on the main landing of the Mach B, but you can't be in the shop anymore. And I was like, yeah, I got it, man. And so I like, I knew all their work schedules. So I wrote, I wrote Jake a check for all the bills, left it on the counter with a note that just said, for whatever it's worth, I'm sorry. And I got a U-Haul when everyone was at work at like two o'clock in the afternoon and loaded it, unloaded the U-Haul up and just drove out of town. Like I didn't tell a soul, like no one knew. You're just like, I overstayed my welcome. I'm well, I'm out. That's it. And what's funny is like Nate went to school with me in Mankato before he got into mopeds and he wasn't down with them in, in Minnesota. 
and he wound up in Cincinnati with a full ride for his master of master of arts in painting. So he lived there and that's when he got a magnum in Cincinnati and that's when he got into mopeds, started hanging out with TBS and the bourbon bandits. That's when he came out and we were like, yep. And then hanging out with black, but then he moved to Denver and that's like, it's just crazy how close, cause we grew up 40 minutes from each other in South Dakota. So to go from South Dakota to Mankato to college to Cincinnati to Minneapolis and then to Denver pretty much not not meaning to hang not meaning to be that close with you. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's following each other around by accident. Yeah. I mean, I knew who he was. He hated me in college cuz I was like way more I was like fully I'm already pretty hyper dude. Like I was the next level. I was like, "Why will you hang out with me? Do you hate me? Why don't you like me?" <laughs> like everyone's like, "Dude, you need to calm down." Like I was just like screaming in people's ears. I didn't drink till I was 21, so then I hit and I was just Train wreck. Off the deep but, end. Dude, that's but yeah, you just got a whole bunch of moped history. Dude, yeah, I want to know, like, because you were, I guess you were around for, like, like Bourbon Bandits, like, because they were so big. I feel like that was one of those clubs that was so big back in the day. Dude, Whiskey Business 2, we're, like, sitting outside, and I didn't know, like, I knew, everyone's, like, I knew, I had been to Cornerstone, and I, like, knew who Jono was. But he, like, I was, like, dude, he rides, like, tall bikes and trains, and now he's, like, leading this moped gang. And, like, him, Rachel, all these black black dudes roll in. They're riding a derby, a clean derby RD with, like, face paint on and, like, full war gear. And you're just, like, who (laughs) in the fuck? Like, that was, like, the click, like, where I was, like, because I, I fucking was like a punk skate. Like, I was like, I'm on this other side. And a lot of moped dudes are, you know, pretty conservative. Like, back then, it seemed like more. It was definitely a divide between, like, normal white dudes and then, like, gnarly kids. There was, like, definitely, you know. Yeah. And, of course, like, but the, that normal dude with the CNC and a mill and a lathe is making gnarly shit. So, you're like, holy fuck, you know. But to see Jono roll in with the TSM and, like, feathers in his hair and face tattoos and just looking gnarly as fuck. And you're like, what? <laughs> Some total like lost boy shit or something. No, dude, like I probably wouldn't have moved to Denver if it wasn't for like that rally and black Hills. Cause I was, I had an opportunity out here with like to, to do the snowboarding, co- like a national Olympic snowboarding coach deal. And so like, I was like, all right, like I'm going to come out, but I, I'm only guaranteed a job till like March. And I was like, where should I live? And he's like, I don't know. I live here. It's all right. Like no information at all. Like super, like, and he's like super nice, but like, I don't think he was trying to be standoffish, but he just like, didn't give me any answers. So I was like, all right. I wound up like two miles from his house, wound up showing up at the shop. And back then it was the shred shed. And we shared it with the shop. So we had like a full 100 square foot skateboard park. So I was already, I I knew that side of the dudes. So then mopeds, like it just all clicked for me. And that was fucking sick. And that's when Austin was still going off. Like ACR was still like booming back then. Like I wound up at the ACR kids rally with Jono and I wound up shitting in a box and like delivering it to (laughs) Sambo. Like, the, I've never met the dude, and I just hand him a box of my shit, and he's just like, who the fuck is this kid? <laughs> like, I was definitely on a tear. 
dude. Is that like, uh, like when did like you were you there for like the beginning of like trifecta, like that whole thing? Yeah, definitely. Because like me, like Nate was already Nate had not been in Black Flag yet, but was in Chicago. So I was like, all right, I'm coming out with all the Denver dudes. So they put my bike on the truck and I flew, and they we went to maybe one of the first hot and rally readies at the castle. Dude, the castle where was there was sick. like boxing. Yeah, boxing in the basement. But they had they all just moved in there, and it was like Zach. I mean, it was everybody. I mean, there's too many names. Tony, Tom. I mean, I think Amanda Hart was still kicking around. Dean. Like, it was still like a big crew of dudes. Like, you were like, holy fuck. Because, like, seeing Chicago transfer from both, like, from Petty Cash to Hot and Ready's, like, Hot and Ready's was definitely more of my type of scene then. Yeah. You know, and seeing those older dudes because they they got, they had they have real jobs and they like just kind of faded out and got into other things. Mm-hmm. And this is back when like Peter McDaniel was still ripping fast hobbits with Pat Perry up in Grand Rapids, and their rally was still going off. Like that was all so fun back then. I have stories from all of those rallies. That's sick, dude. We're gonna get. We're, I'm gonna get more, dude. Like. Cause I know like you got a ton cause you've been around so long and I know like Jono and the boys got a bunch of like old stuff. Cause I think, I don't know, that stuff's cool to me. Like the stuff that I didn't, like I wasn't really rallying around like back then. Like I was kind of just getting my feet wet, like thinking about mopeds. So I miss like, you know, so much like cool like stuff when it was like, I don't know. Cause like, I don't know, there's so many clubs out right now and I feel like, the ones that are really big are like kind of fading away, and there's all these new clubs starting. So we're kind oh, of man. in a weird lull. Yeah, I, I don't mean to. I, 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 maybe don't put this on the podcast, but the fact that we got the voter turnout for uh, the for like no. how how are you going to have how is half of the members going to show up and vote? No, this like, is get on, This can stay on the podcast. Dude. We were literally we recorded an episode last week where we talk about it. Like I put the numbers on blast, dude, because it's just like. All these clubs have all these members, and it's like you're under fifty percent. Like, like no one, like no one even bothered to like try. I yeah I yeah I was I was definitely guilty for stagnating, but I've been riding a moped since like oh five oh six. So I was like super into it until like two thousand twelve, and yeah. then like my I, my life my life just shifted, and like getting into your thirties and like trying to find a career and like moving into the, I live in the mountains in a cabin in the woods with no garage. And you're just like, yeah. And like where I live isn't even feasible. So like I can ride to get my mail and that's it, you know? And so it's like, I got to basically take it down the hill to ride it. So it just became secondary to like dirt bikes and basically a pile of parts. I never finish. Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone, everyone will call me out and say that as soon as I finish a bike, I sell it, and that's probably true. <laughs> I've seen you go through I know, a I know, like that. I know, I know it's coming. Like someone's gonna pop up and be like, "Dude, that dude doesn't even ride a bike." <laughs> but I went through my, I like went through a really good stint with it, and it still some of my best friends and. Rick's holding it down with his shop and the amount of bikes he has, and the Gertner boys were quintessential to like reviving part of the Denver scene and like Rick, Derek and Josh going on all of the, uh, cannibal runs or the yeah, pinballs, uh, pinballs. 
Yeah. But then just then yeah, I just like seeing all that happen was sick. Hell yeah. <sighs> Alright, man. I gotta go to fucking work. Alright, dude. I appreciate it. Call me whenever. Yeah, I'll dude. talk to you soon. I love you, bro. I love you too, dog. Later. Stay. So that was the homie, AJ, with Black Black, you know, telling a bunch of weird stories, this and that. Um, yeah, if anyone else has some stories to tell, they want to fill in some blanks, or maybe they overlap some stuff with AJ, or they just got their own stuff from back in the day, or current rallies and clubs and stuff, you know, whatever, you can email us at mopedmondaypodcasts at gmail.com. And remember, fuck your car, ride a moped. If anyone wants to cite me on this, we can have a casserole cook-off to fucking settle this. Tell the boys to bring their Pyrex. Fuck your car. I don't know. Like, touch your flower. Is it moving? Like, no, feel free locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. Tell the boys to bring their Pyrex. Oh, boy. We can have a casserole cook-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah.